Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today are Sam Hawksmore and Brent Merchant. They've both been on the air with us here today because they're awesome and they have an awful lot to contribute. I'm going to let you um, listen to each one of them as they're going to describe what it is they do. Sam is an author and a creative rights professor in the UK and Brent has written beautiful movies on um, uh, books on movies. The Conscious Creation goes to the movies and uh, Conscious Created Cinema and uh, is a study of metaphysics. Um, but we'll get more into detail on that. But what we're really going to do today is actually look at movies. What do they mean? Yes, they're there to entertain us, sometimes just pure escapism. But what we're seeing more and more today is the message in there, the message that is trying to kind of go deep into the psyche, maybe change the culture, maybe reflect the culture, but hopefully in a way awaken us to a better culture. So lots of movies are going to be discussed today. I suggest you have pen and paper in hand because you're going to want to write these down and then you're going to go and get Netflix or anything else so you can see all these movies and see what we're talking about. So here we go. Have you got your popcorn ready? Let's get going. Welcome to the show, Sam and Brent. Hi, Sarah. Well, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate having you back. Oh, wonderful. Always love it. Always love it, both of you. So, Sam, I'm going to throw the ball over to you first. Just tell everybody a little bit about you and your books. Um, I'm a writer, and I write YA fiction, young adult fiction. And um, at the moment, I'm big in Turkey for some reason. Um, <laughs> everyone in Turkey seems to like my books, which is great. And um, I don't look at the uh, translations because I'm pretty sure they're probably nothing to do with what I wrote the book on. <laughs> anyway. And I teach uh, creative writing at uh, the University of Lincoln here in the UK. Wonderful. And Brent? Well, I'm a lifelong movie fan and a student in metaphysics, and I've written two books about movies. Uh, Get the Picture, Conscious Creation Goes to the Movies, and Consciously Created Cinema, The Movie Lover's Guide to the Law of Attraction. Both of those books offer a series of reviews that explain how movies illustrate principles from conscious creation or law of attraction theory, covering all kinds of genres. I'm also an, an online writer for a number of websites, and um, I review current films from that standpoint, so you can find a combination of both current and legacy films in my writings. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to hit off with a movie right out of the ballpark today. Um, uh, Doctor Strange. Um, did you get to see it yet, Brent? Yes, I did. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, I was so impressed with this movie from my perspective as a spiritual person because I loved the outright teachings of we're just matter, uh, you know, that the soul and the spirit uh, is all part of one and uh, we are so much more than we limited ourselves purely in the body. So I'd love to know your perspectives on it. So Brent, I'll throw it out to you first. What did you think of the movie? I loved it. I thought it was really very well done. Um, the thing that I was most impressed with was the fact that w without actually directly saying so, it really delved into the conscious creation and mm -hmm. law of attraction material beautifully, yeah. uh, explaining it in layman's terms, I think, that you know really drive the point home well without having to burden people with a lot of 
you know, philosophical mumbo-jumbo that they might say, you know, well, what's this about? Uh, I was particularly impressed with the idea when I was, was explaining the idea that uh, when you draw upon this force into your life and how you uh, create the reality that you experience, it's neither completely positive nor completely negative. It all comes down to what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people who are who are studying this material kind of get off the tracks with to a certain degree because they end up thinking, oh, well, I should only create the good stuff and, you know, the bad stuff doesn't have to exist. Well, not necessarily true. I mean, if you, if you let your mind go there, those ideas and creations will pop up. Um, so the question is, is that what you really want to do? And the movie drives that home so well in the fact that it really does a lot, I think, to help people understand how they can refine their beliefs, refine their intentions, to create the reality more in line with what they want to get, because otherwise you'll end up getting something that you really don't want. Um, it was really, you know, fun, entertaining, enjoyable, just across the board. I was really very, very pleased with the way it turned out, and I was also really happy with the fact that you had an action adventure movie yeah. that was deciding to deal with some substance and actually get it right. Yes, exactly, Sam. Yeah, it, and what I liked about it. Uh, in particular, because it had a very immature, grown-up feel to it. It didn't, you know, a lot of the stuff they do, the Avengers and whatever, is very, very lightweight. But here they are introducing Doctor Strange to a whole new world. Obviously, the comic aficionados will like what it was, but I thought they were very true to the original concept and and mature with it at the same time. I mean, obviously, um, Doctor Strange himself is an arrogant, you know, bastard who has to learn life's lesson about humility. Not that he's very good at being, you know, uh, not not good at humility. As if you could remember the scene where he goes out into the Everest and the snow and, you know, struggling to create his bit of magic, as it were. But um, I loved uh, lovely little touches, the introduction of the cloak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was hilarious. Yes. Coat, you know, like poking these baddies in the eye, etc. I thought that was really well done. Because uh, they obviously had to stay with the cloak. They couldn't ignore that. So the way they introduced it, I thought it was very subtle at the same time. Hilarious. And uh, the other odd thing I felt about it was the baddie in it, Mads Mikkelsen's baddie. Uh, they don't get to say anything. I, I don't know, if uh, Brent, if you know that's part of the style of it or why the sidekicks never have anything to say. Um, I'm not really familiar with that because this is this was my first introduction to this material all the way around. Yeah, um, me too. Um, but I, I thought that they, as you said, that the the idea of introducing this to a, in a more mature way to a new audience was really handled quite well. And I also like the fact that it was done with a, a great deal of humor. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the movie was really funny in a lot of spots. <laughs> I, I, Which, that, uh, and of course, suits, um, Benedict Cumberbatch anyway. Oh, he, he's, he's excellent. Nice. Yeah, he's mm. excellent. And, and, you know, he kind of bought uh, for me, I saw, I saw a little of his Sherlock Holmes in there, which I think he's the best Sherlock Holmes ever. Um, also, you saw some Inception in there, um, you know, beautifully. Um, Obviously, they've taken it further, haven't they? Yeah, yeah they have. Um, and there, there was a few other things in there as well. But, uh, you know, it was just, as you said, a very adult movie. You know, it had its action. Um, it had its visualization, but it was so much more heavier uh, without, as you said, being in your face or being, uh, you know, too confusing for people. Kind of in that conscious uh, spiritual laying of the carpet 
and uh, I think it very well casted and uh, I laughed all the way through it but at the same time was absolutely elated at the fact that they brought that topic up and did it so well uh, I was thinking the other day actually how few times you come out of a movie these days feeling elated yes and uh, I, do you remember well the first time you see uh, Michael J Fox in Going Back to the Future and that first one you come out everybody came out of the cinema feeling wow you yeah. know and so Doctor Strange had some of that. When you left it, you felt you could have seen more, which so many films you just think, oh, God, uh, you know, I can't believe I wasted two hours. But you felt elated after coming out, and that was a good feeling. Yeah, and I think... The well, and compared to a lot, of other, a lot of other action-adventure movies, too, this one didn't feel cookie-cutter the way mm -hmm. some of the other ones can. That's right, uh, yeah. This one definitely set itself apart in terms of its content and story and its style. Um, and also, even just on a technical level, uh, I saw the 3D version of it, and 3D movies in recent years have been getting to be a lot more popular, and I always kind of walk away disappointed feeling that I didn't get my money's worth on the 3D, but I thought it was really well handled in this particular film. Mm -hmm. yeah, sorry, I'm a 2D person, but uh, yes, I could see uh, particularly all of those pentagrams and the magic stuff would look fantastic yeah, in 3D. it did. Yeah. It really Absolutely. did. You really kind of felt you were there, part of it. So, you know, I'm not great on the 3D. You know, sometimes it goes too fast for my eyes, but I'm really glad that I did see it in 3D in this one. So let's, you know, we'll hit to some current movies right now. We're going to go back into some um, older movies uh, later, but we've got the new Star Wars movie coming up. And, you know, what do you think of, I mean, we're going back and forth and back and forth, and I kind of understand the why. The Star Wars is coming back, isn't yeah. it? Uh, but, you know, now the new one is, is kind of the prequel to you know, how it all came about. Because um, we never knew kind of Layla's backstory. Uh, I love the Star Wars movies. I'm a huge fan of them. But, you know, what what do you think um, of, you know, the snippets of what we've seen to come or even like these newer versions compared to the older ones? Sam, I'll throw it over to you. Um, the special effects are better, more convincing. I kind of miss the original actors, but obviously they're ancient. <laughs> Like us. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's kind of difficult. It's, you know, it is for the kids, obviously. And, uh, you know, we'll all go and see it because that's what we want to go and see. Um, but it is a bit strange to, like, fill in the whole backstory. Um, but, of course, it did always start on, what, episode three, didn't it? Or episode four, Brent would correct me. Um, three. Uh, yes, four. Was it four? Four. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, started on four, so there was always missing episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brent, what do you think? Uh, based on the on the trailers I've seen for it, I'm really looking forward mm. to it because, uh, quite frankly, when they released um, episode um, seven last year, I was disappointed. Um, I, I was watching it and saying to myself, there wasn't a whole lot there that I hadn't already seen. So I came out of the theater from the most recent core Star Wars movies feeling pretty disappointed. Um, but this, uh, providing the backstory, taking things in a different direction from what some of the, uh, the other stories have done so far, yeah, I'm looking forward to it a great deal. Right. Just as long as there's no Jar Jar Binks in it, we'll be fine. So. <laughs> yeah. I like Jar Jar. Well, give him a break. I hate Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about another, you know, uh, a sequel to movies that has gone back to a prequel, um, you know, the Harry Potter series, um, which is, um, uh, what, is it Fierce Creatures, the new movie? Uh, 
I, I must go and see it. I, I almost went to see it yeah, yesterday, but... Um, yeah, it's anyway, getting yeah. a, a good buzz here, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that as, uh, as about well. language or anything else. It's about, under, you know, how does one understand completely alien language? You know? Right. Of course, um, well, actually, Hunter's uh, touched on, of course, all those years ago. Well, it actually even goes beyond that in terms of, of understanding what language really does, in terms of helping to frame our view of how we actually see existence. I mean, it might be one thing to say, well, let's learn how to translate one language from, from one to another. But what about the framework that's gone into making up how that language came into being? It's all Actually, based on the mind. It's all based on the mind frame of the people who created it, and you might have a very fundamental disconnect between people and another species if their if their views of existence are totally foreign to one another. And this movie helps helps us to understand, um, you know, that particular gap, how it can be bridged, not just between us and other species, but also even amongst ourselves, yeah. from one culture to another. There's let's, definitely let's a language barrier amongst ourselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, the, actually, there was an interesting article just recently published about the universality of cave paintings and the symbols, which are being found now pretty much right across the world. And there were a lot of universal ones. Um, so people haven't really noticed that before. Um, so there was obviously clearly an acceptable standard language 30,000 years ago using symbols or emoticons, as we call them now. But interesting. Language is a key thing. Obviously, that's what all films are about at the end of the day. Yes, very much so. So let's go to another uh, movie, which was um, a really a very few actors, but definitely one that left you food for thought, of um, Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, that yeah, I love that. Really good. Loved it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, scary uh, on so many levels. Um, brilliant. brilliant well. And uh, brilliantly done. Um, you know, so few actors in it, but, you know, larger than life, but, you know, quiet and profound. Uh, it was really one of those movies that kind of left you thinking, didn't it? And also, Elie uh, Vikander's face, this is quite haunting in it. Yes. And her, her need to be real if you like and, and uh, that was what was uh, made it so human to watch that she actually seemed more human than the man watching her trying to establish whether she was possible to be ai or human you know well that's her fascination isn't it with you know um androids is the you know um that we all we make them to do all the work we don't want to do but then you know what if they become more superior than us and you know this is a kind of a movie that leaves you going oh, yeah way more superior um, that's the scary part of it but we do have a fascination with this and one day we will come up with a you know a humanoid android and um, you know maybe maybe we should you know see these movies as a warning <laughs> before well, developing like it's caught everyone's fancy right now the remake of uh, Westworld yeah. and uh, that's been really well because of course they've switched it around instead of fearing robots we're fearing the humans and I mm. think that was quite a good switch in that yeah well I think I think that is significant because it, it certainly raises the issue of our responsibility in bringing about these creations I mean that's um, and it's coming it's coming fast 
than everyone thinks, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's one of the core principles involved with the, the, the conscious creation law of attraction process is the whole idea that, you know, if you end up manifesting the reality that you experience, well, guess where the responsibility for that rests? It's yeah. on your shoulders. And, you know, it might be great to have a robot who can do all these wonderful things, but have you thought about all the implications involved in that? Right. And I mean, I because think of that, I'll, should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole reason Trump got elected is because people believe he's going to bring the 1950s back and their jobs and the Rust Belt. <laughs> but, you know, they're ignoring the fact that AI is going to start replacing all our jobs, professional jobs, doctors' jobs, truck drivers' jobs, you name it. And, um, you know, it's a threat to mankind that everyone's saying, well, if you don't agree with it, you're a Luddite, you know. But in actual fact, um, yes. AI is going to, well, Stephen Hawking says it could be the end of the human race. Yeah. One, one need only look at the, at the lesson put forth in the Terminator movies to see the same idea. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, it's, it uh, goes, there's, it reminds me of a wonderful Twilight um, episode um, where everybody just had a chip in their head and anything they needed to know, you know, they just asked and the information was there. And it was run by this one great big huge computer. And there was one guy that apparently the chip didn't work in his head and they considered him a retard. He actually read. He actually wrote. Um, he actually studied. And then one day the computer breaks down and nobody knows how to fix it because nobody's been taught how to maintain it. It's always been there. And it ends up him being the teacher of everybody learning how to read and yeah, write yeah. and fend for themselves. Well, that's more prophetic than you think. But yeah. oddly enough, I mean, I was questioning my students the other day. 65% of any news that they read, they just get from Facebook and no other source. Or and Twitter, that is yeah. kind of worrying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's if it's even news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and now we know it's all fake news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially so to do with the scary. election. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it just worries me deeply that how, how we've all been suckered into all of this and uh, abrogated our responsibilities to find out stuff on our own. And, we, you know, we know Brenton, and I've talked about this before, and I cover this on every single show that I do, um, we are responsible for ourselves. Our choices are what dictate, um, you know, how we live our life, even our choices to what happens to us. And we have to take that ownership and that responsibility of our own actions, our own choices. Uh, we can't abstain them. There is no downloadable app. Uh, there is no handing it off to someone else to do for you. Uh, you know, you are everything in your own life, and you have to step into your life and participate to make your life what you want it to be. And it seems to be we, that we have, you know, an awful lot of generations out there right now that, you know, um, oh, you know, hurry up, manifestation. I ordered you on Amazon where Universe. Where is it? Um, and yeah, yeah, instant uh, um, gratification. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and also in terms of understanding that, you know, we're responsible for the things that work as well as the things that don't work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when you look at things from, the, again, from the conscious creation or law of attraction perspective, you can't very well say, I helped create that beautiful rainbow, but that toxic waste dump down the street just happened to me. Well, no, mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So you, you played a role in both parts there. Uh, you might not like the part you played in the second one, but... If you don't want it to happen, then you need to figure out why you helped to bring it about in the first place. 
And yeah. If you think about it, you know, the movies that really that we like, you know, the ones that mean something, are always the ones that l l have us leaving the cinema, believing that, yes, we can. You know, somehow, uh, uh, you know, the star came through it. You know, they triumphed, they achieved, they discovered something about themselves that wasn't there, and they came out triumphant. And in it, it's always that something within ourselves that we're looking for, to be triumphant over, isn't it? But I also oh, like absolutely. smaller movies, like uh, the one I mentioned to you earlier, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, that came out this year. Um, you know, a young boy forced to go and visit the girl who's got leukemia and what the hell is he going to say to her? But they become firm friends, but the movie can't fix leukemia. So at some point, you know, that's going to happen. And what I liked about it was that it's, it's him, if you like, trying to persuade her to have faith and have hope but she's the more realistic one but it's a beautiful human movie mm. and and very and very witty and funny at the same time you know and that's well it, that's also, it also brought out things in him too helping him to discover a sense of compassion that he was right. unaware of that suddenly Absolutely. rose to the surface in this situation yeah I, I, I don't know what, what that movie should have been sort of made more of and it came out at the same time as another uh, movie I really like, Midnight Special. I, if you saw Midnight Special, Brent. Oh, yes, very yeah. much. Yeah. And I love that film because it starts off in a way that you think, oh, my God, this is an Amber Alert thing. A kid's been abducted by this man, and then you discover the man is the father, and then why has he done that? And then slowly there's re you know, there are so many layers to it, and then they're pursued by a religious cult and the FBI and all the rest of it, and you think, you think it's one movie, but it's all about something else. And um, has one of the most spectacular ends. Yeah, and it's also a beautiful exploration in terms of the idea of uh, personal discovery and letting your personal self come forward, no matter how unusual or different uh, or special it might be, despite what the prevailing wisdom has to say. Yes, I mean, and the kids with—I mean, the, the laser eyes thing—is you know, this real sort of a sci-fi thing, but. I loved the seriousness of the whole movie. It never once treated anything as, as, as a joke. It was taken very, very seriously and uh, just showed, you know, the different sides of humanity, I suppose. The, uh, the director who made that film is, is very big on doing stories about pu pushing personal boundaries. And his newest movie, which just came out this past week, uh, is called Loving which tells right. the story of yeah. yeah it's the story of the first interracial couple mm -hmm. uh, who decided to challenge the law in the United States back in the 1950s um, by going ahead and doing it regardless of what the law said and it's uh, features a lot of the same actors who were in Midnight Special but it's it's just it's uh, it seems like it's a very different kind of film but the, the themes of of uh, pushing personal boundaries and, and moving forward regardless of what others might have to say about you is the same in both pictures. And it's handled so so beautifully, well done. I mean, it's a terrific picture. I'll look out for that. He made Mud, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, and I loved that film. It was, you know, I know it's like Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer, but Matthew McGonaghy in that is just brilliant as the uh, sort of the fugitive living on the island, etc. Uh, if you've never seen that, Sarah, you should definitely have a look at it. I will look that up, definitely. You know, the thing is, is, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, we go to movies to be entertained and it's escapism, but I love the movies that have me come out with, 
you know, some juicy meat to put my teeth into, something that kind of has made me think, an aha moment, or something that's brought out the, the courage within me, you know, or something that was very, very profound. And, you know, those kind of movies that you're, you're describing is that, um, and a little bit back to Doctor Strange, you know, we've got to stop looking at ourselves as just matter. And, you know, we have to open our, up to our divine energy that's in there, that universal energy cause that we're part of this collective of. And we are so much more capable of so much more in life, but we are the ones that are the limitation. And if we could go beyond our limits, you know, th it is a limit less what we can achieve. We get that from movies, but and we come out of the cinema feeling that. But then for some reason, we don't hold on to it and we don't transfer it to ourselves. Well, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's hard to do that sometimes because the movies uh, are taking you out of yourself and we go there to rescue ourselves from our smaller lives, I suppose, in a way. I'd like well, to I, I think it depends time. upon how well the message is delivered to the audience. I mean, I remember back about 10 years ago now when uh, the DVD The Secret came out. Yeah. And that really transformed the lives of an awful lot of people who had never even considered those ideas, let alone embrace them the way they did uh, through that picture. Um, it maybe didn't handle the subject matter quite as, as well or as thoroughly as it could have, but the one thing it did do was it left a lasting impression with a lot of, a lot of viewers who, again, might not have never even taken a second look at these ideas previously. Yeah, like the Celestian Prophecy. Yeah, it would yeah, cost I you. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think it, a lot of it depends upon the viewer's frame of mind when they go into the theater. I mean, people who are really serious moviegoers, who really love the cinema, I think a lot of times will come out of it feeling more moved and will have a, an impression that lasts a lot longer simply because they do get so wrapped up so intently in what they're seeing on the screen. Um, and the, the effect that comes out of the movie, I believe, a lot of times can be stronger if they go in with that mindset. Unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, just go in very casually, like, oh, yeah, it's something to do between, you know, channel surfing and, and visiting social media. Um, but if you are a really a, a serious devotee of the, of the cinema, you have the, the opportunity to come away from it with a, a great deal more than what you would have had just going in. A movie that had a... Do, sorry, sorry. I was just saying that sometimes you just want to laugh. And one of the things that Brent had listed is that one of my favorite movies, which is What's Up, Doc? Yes. <laughs> and, and yes. And it's just a wonderful movie that you never get tired of seeing. It just works, you know, on yeah. every level. Yes. And you know, I think, you know, go back to comedic timing there, don't you? You know, it's... Uh, we always like to go back to kind of slapstick humor and the and the, you know the artists of the past it was all down to do with timing and uh, they did it when they did it well you know it never but got ridiculous have a dialogue you know yeah. I mean, it's very sharp and, and nicely observed you know i love i love that mm. and that one of the reasons to go to film two is the catharsis of laughing and uh, you know just enjoying it for god's sake and yet, even though it is, even though it is a, a comedy, a slapstick comedy, you come away from it seeing how a character has transformed himself over the course of the movie, yeah, um, and, and that in itself can be very inspiring. I think to um, somebody who's looking to do the same for themselves. That's I think and doing it with humor is especially effective because you don't feel the weight of the drama necessarily yeah. 
coming out of the picture, weighing you down on your shoulders. Uh, this way, you know, you, you look at it and say, hey, I can do that too, you know, why not? Let's go for it. Uh, the movie yeah. with Eddie Murphy in it and Dan Aykroyd, um, you know. Uh, 48 Hours? No, no, not 48 yeah. the bank one. Oh, Trading uh, Places? Yeah. Trading Places. Trading Places. You know, yeah, that yeah. that was another great one. Of course, and A Fish Called Wander and all of those ones. I mean, you know, that was an era where you really did have some great comedians putting out some really good movies um, that, you know, always had a message, but again, always that tongue-in-cheek there. Um, I'm going to switch scales and go to children's movies. And, you know, one movie that, uh, you know, my kids would watch over and over and over again, and I can still watch today, is Neverending Story. Uh, which was, you know, another one that was beautifully done with a great message in there. Um, have either of you guys seen it? It's going back to the 80s. Um, yes, I saw it. And yes, I thought the title was very apropos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Maybe you know, need what to I see am it. looking forward to is um, Sing. I'm absolutely mad. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Sing yet. It'll be coming out shortly. And it's a rip-off of reality TV, pop idol type thing. But we're singing pigs, crocodiles, hedgehogs, frogs. And it's just hilarious. And I think, gosh, if a trailer can make you feel that good, um, movie you know, the movie has to, has to be really good. So uh, check it out. Sing, S-I-N-G. Well, you know, let, let's look at the children's, you know, animated movies. Um, I watch a lot of them. Uh, you know, Inside Out, you know, is one that um, many, uh, a person who I've interviewed, you know, is in psychology or um, psychiatry, I've recommended the movie to them and they say they're actually going to use it in their practice um, because it's a wonderful thing of showing people actually how to use their emotions um, and not get caught up in an emotion. Uh, so it's, you know, it was brilliantly done and there's, there are so many beautiful animated movies there that are visually exquisite and with a wonderful story. Remember, Up! You know, I mean, there's so yeah, many of them there. Usually, they're, they're actually the very first three minutes of his life with his uh, wife was so, it just makes you want to cry. Yeah. Um, and long. You know, and long for that kind of relationship. You know? Uh, and it was just wonderful. But I also love Spirited Away. Yes. And I love the Studio Ghibli ones. In fact, there was news today that there may actually be another Studio Ghibli movie. Um, the guys sort of come out of retirement to finish a project. But I love uh, the Japanese um, movies in particular. Um, uh, the cat returns and things like that. So we just, I don't, people should should watch them because they have such life affirming um, you know elements to them. At the same time, they're also hilarious. I wish I could. Yeah, remember I, I had that reaction this past summer when I went to see Finding Dory, which I thought right. was a really a wonderful uh, a wonderful movie and, and and a sequel that actually lived up to its billing, which doesn't always happen either. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I was amazed they actually made another fish movie, but um, yeah, it, it, it certainly found an audience, didn't it? Certainly did. I found yeah. the, the name of that movie that I recommend, um, and it's uh, Kubo. Uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey oh. plays it in it, and it's uh, K-U-D-O, um, and it's yeah. it's called Kudo and the Two Strings, and it oh. is so beautiful. It is so wonderful. I highly recommend it. You know, a young boy who has one eye and when he plays his little banjo instrument, uh, all the paper starts to dance and create things. And it's, um, it's a story of him kind of escaping 
um, evil aunts. But it, it's just a beautiful story. So, and it kind of even reminds me a little of Inception, the way that they've done the art. And, it's, and such a beautiful story, again, of, of strength and courage and finding yourself. Right, gosh. Um, Juno, also yes. a favourite of mine. Not a kid's movie necessarily, but... A teenage uh, movie. A, a life-affirming movie, if you like, choosing to have the baby. But um, there was a great scene in it where she goes to the, the clinic to you know try and have an abortion, and they um, talk about uh, fingernails and uh, just like that. Just turns it turns her around on that moment, you know. Baby said, "Thinking nails, you know." Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, great little movie. Uh, also, if, um, for those who like French movies, if you want to see something really life-affirming, there's a movie called The Chorus, directed by Christophe Baritier, and it's about uh, set just after the war, about a, a teacher who arrives at a sort of reform school and starts a choir. And the, um, the headmaster absolutely hates it, hates him, and thinks that all of these children just should be beaten all the time. And he shows them love through music, etc. And it's a wonderful film called The Chorus. Have you seen that one, Brent? Well, that? Well, speaking of French movies, one that I, <clears throat> that I also found very life-affirming, <clears throat> excuse me, was a movie that came out several years ago called The Untouchables, uh, which tells the story of a, a wealthy um, Parisian... Um, man who is injured in a um, hand gliding accident uh, becomes a paraplegic but he vows not to give up on living and he hires a, a personal assistant to help take oh, care yeah. of him right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I that. and he ends up <clears throat> sort of living vicariously through um his assistant who also goes through a personal transformation he was an immigrant who was having trouble getting by and all of a sudden now he had a whole new outlook on life when he was introduced to all the kinds of new things um, just by caring for this person. Terrific yeah. picture. And that was, that was a, yeah, and that was very popular. Um, it, I'm surprised it hasn't been remade, actually. They usually remake good French movies and then spoil them. <laughs> <laughs> a purist, yeah. <laughs> well, let's, talking about movies that put the heart and soul into it, and I have not seen this, it's on my list, but The Revenant. Um, you know, an Oscar-winning performance by Leonardo DiCaprio, whom I really do love. I think he's a great actor. But, um, you know, the way that they just use natural lighting on this based on a two-story, literally out there in the elements. I mean, this is, this is really pouring themselves into their art, isn't it? Yes, but also what I thought was interesting about it is they chose to show the past without the rose-colored filter that we often see. Mm -hmm. It shows the cruelty, it shows the animals being uselessly slaughtered for their fur. Um, yeah, you know, it shows the past in its rawness, which was good, you know, to, to see that for once. Yeah. Well, well, not only in terms of the, of the people slaughtering the animals, but also in terms of the people slaughtering one another. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it really didn't hold anything back. Uh, and I have to admit, when I watched it, I was a, at first a little bit shocked at how graphic it was but without being gratuitous in the way it was presented. And yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the, the frontier was not a pretty place, and no. you had to be pretty strong to survive it. But, you know, it's... It, it Again, you know, we may not be kind of doing it in that way now. I think that 
what we're seeing now with, you know, animal farms, you know, just pigs and animals in their little containers and just producing and being slaughtered and everything else is that that cruelty is still there. It's just become an industry, you know, um, a different well, type of industry. killing part of the human uh, thing, yeah, gosh, yeah. So, well, yeah, know, I mean, you only need look at the example set by soil and green to see that. Yes. Kind of takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was a movie that made you come out really questioning, wasn't it? You know, it's like how many people ordered chicken and looked at it twice, you know? Um, <laughs> you know um, if, if you get a beeping noise there, is my battery's going on the uh, phone here, so... Uh, oh, I hope to God you don't disappear before we finish. <laughs> All right. Okay. If I do, that's why. But um, my other phone will have battery life in it. I don't know what goes on with my phones. They don't last long. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just reminded of another movie that you and I saw, Sam. Uh, uh, might be. Uh, is it Death Race 2000? Back in oh, the yeah. 70s. <laughs> and uh, well, uh, I went to I went to go really see this movie. with with Sam and his friend John in London. Yeah. And coming out, they kind of both thought they were in the race as they're driving <laughs> through London. And I was shoot scared. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, like you got more points for, you know, killing the grandma on the side of the road. I mean, it's uh, yeah, yeah. a totally bizarre movie, which, of course, they've remade in different ways since then. But um, sick, but funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sickness yeah, can be. Funny. They don't make them like that anymore. No, no. no, no. Really. There's a little moral standard there now. Okay, let's go to Miss Peregrine and her peculiar children. I haven't seen this yet, and I definitely do want to. What was the verdict on this, Brent? Um, uh, I li- I liked it a lot. The it, it, the story is a little convoluted, so it's kind of hard to describe the story in in, in fairly simple terms. But it's um wonderfully whimsical it's got the, the prototypical off-the-wall uh tim burton humor running throughout um and it's another movie that really in- encourages people you know don't be afraid to be yourself let your true being come forth and i yeah, think I that's see. so important especially for kids because so many times that they feel i think overwhelmed in terms of being channeled and and directed and managed to the point where a lot of their creativity and and individuality gets bred out of them by the time they're six or seven years old yeah they lose their Mm -hmm. either a little jarring the the scenes in florida with um terrence stamp etc which is so jarring when you go into the past you know over to the islands in um england there and it was just the contrast in color uh, I know yeah. it was deliberate, but it just I felt that jarring. There was a TV but series. I loved the old house, the, the kids themselves, and the relationship between each each of the kids, you know. And uh, it's another movie where the where the sense of humor is just so terrific. I mean, the some of the the one liners that the villain Samuel L. Jackson has in the movie just had me rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he's really good at those. Um, it reminds me um, uh, of a TV series that was on, and it didn't come back. So I don't think it got picked up. Uh, called The Magicians. Uh, about you know these kind of teenagers or uh, young youths. Um, yeah, yeah, well, great. Yeah, great. and I, I don't know why they haven't brought it back. It was a little dark and 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 a little more you know young adult. I hope this was season two actually, but um, um, I don't know if there was going to be. I don't know if there's going to be, but I really liked it because it kind of took it to a different place. It was more playing with the dark magic than it was you know the magic. Well, read the book. 
absolutely brilliant and uh, way better than anything Harry Potter does. You know, really well, I mean, it's stuff. totally different demographic. You know, you're not going to be uh, showing that TV series to Harry Potter age kids, I hope. Um, no, but it's, uh, yeah, very dark <laughs> yeah. and uh, very interesting. And very sexual, <laughs> so yes. So. But, you know, another, but another thing, uh, uh, which I don't know if you've seen, Brent, um, but um, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's on Netflix called Stranger Things, which I know they are bringing the, the second series, but a uh, second episode. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it's interesting you should mention that because I've had so many people mention that to me. And unfortunately, um, given how many movies I have to go see these days, uh, I don't really have a lot of time for television these days. But yes, I have heard a lot of really good things about it. Highly yeah, recommend doing it. It was very addictive, and the little girl in it is just astonishing. Yes, she um, is. She is amazing. But yeah, it's really well done, and of course, it just steals everything from Stephen King. But who the cares? Because he's the master of all of that anyway. So you might as well steal from the best, you know. And and like Stephen but, King and Steven Spielberg, put that combination together, and you've got a fit. So. Well, in this case, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely really really good and I highly recommend that um, um, there was another movie I was thinking of which now I've completely gone back so I'll hand it over to you come on just discuss a movie guys Brent what's, what's, what's one of your favorites one of my favorites <coughs> well um, I would say uh, one of the things I think a lot of people really struggle with particularly as they start to age is finding their purpose in life or trying to discover if they even do continue to have a purpose in life. And there's a film that recently came out. Uh, it's a Swedish comedy called A Man Called Ove. And um, it's a man, about a story about a man who has lost his wife. He's lost his job. He used to be the head of the local um, homeowners association, and he's been stripped of that power. And he, uh, with his wife gone, he figures, you know, why am I carrying on? Maybe I should just do myself in. So each time he tries to commit suicide, he always gets interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Usually by one of his neighbors or, or, or by a stray cat or somebody, some, something else in the neighborhood that requires his attention that prevents him from carrying through with it. And as all these uh, attempted suicides go on, he begins to realize that he still does have a purpose in life, that he can be... Oh, hello? Hello? Uh, I'm, well, I'm still here. Oh, good, good, I'm good. I'm still here. Good, good. We okay. Click that. Go on. <laughs> uh, he realizes he still does have a purpose in life, and that, um, you know, the idea of giving up on life is probably pretty silly. I mean, why, why kill yourself when you still have a, a purpose to fulfill to so many people who clearly need your help and assistance? Exactly. All right, okay. Uh, one of my favorites is Delicatessen, another French movie um, by Jeunot. And obviously, it's in a post-apocalyptic movie set in Paris. And uh, this guy comes to a boarding house. He's um, trying to find a room. Uh, but they don't really want him there because he's too skinny, because the only food to eat is people. Um, but Delicatessen is one of the most... Uh, it's the funniest black comedy you'll ever see, really. And I highly recommend it. Um, Sam, what was the movie that we saw back in the 70s where... Um, oh, Serving Ra Rawell. 
Was that? Was uh, oh, that, eating Raoul. Eating Raoul. Eating Raoul. Yes. yes. Eating Raoul. Yeah. <laughs> but that had no subtlety in it whatsoever, whereas uh, Delicatessen is all about subtlety, right. really. You know, there's a. You reminded me of another movie um, about kind of committing suicide. It reminded me of a Simon Pegg movie. I'm afraid I can't remember the name of it. But it, uh, it's like these aliens are going to come down and they pick one person to give all the power to in the world. And then if in yeah. 10 days they don't use it properly, then they're just, they've got an excuse to destroy the world. And I like yeah, Simon Pegg. Totally it bombed. It a pity because I thought it was really funny and, uh, re- you know, kind of really poignant. The only one I... More loud our opinion. I like Simon Pegg and I like his movies, you know, like his, um, you know, his Shaun of the Dead and... Um, uh, Oh no! Was was it Shaun of the Dead with him? Yes, it was, wasn't it? Uh, uh, he sort of it does. He's sort of the, the Jerry Lewis of my world. I just don't find him funny, but um, oh, I do. I anyway, like him. I like him. I like what he did, and um, he's done a few other movies that are really, really good. Um, anyway, I'm going to Hector? leave you with Brent because my phone's going to die any sec- second now. And um, and good meeting you, Brent. Uh, Brent on the air. Good meeting you too, <laughs> Sam. And uh, happy movie going. And okay, I will so go and see the arrival uh, this weekend, actually. And uh, give everybody your site, Sam, so they know how to find you. SamHawksmore.com, very simple. And also HackWriters.com. Well, yeah, but they'll find that too. Right. Okay, okay we'll try right. to stay along Take with this for as long as you can. Is, uh, okay. okay, so Brent, it'll be up to you and I. Ciao. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> good, good. We'll continue on. We've still got more movies to talk about. Um, you know, there's another movie that really had a very profound effect on me, and, and mostly because, um, you know, it uh, related so well, was Sixth Sense. And, you know, the little kid looking up saying, I see dead people. Well, you know, well, that was me when I was young. And, uh, you know, always something you don't really talk about as a child because everybody looks at you weird. But I thought that movie was just so well done of kind of introducing not ghosts, but, you know, just people who have passed over and the energies that are always there. And they're really, that one statement in there is like, all they really want to do is talk with you. Yeah, I, I've been sort of a, <laughs> unfortunately, I've been sort of a, a new age pariah when it comes to that movie, because I, I like the idea, but I wasn't particularly impressed with the execution of it. Um, a lot of people came out of it saying oh, that they were so surprised by what was going on and I mean I had it figured out from the beginning so um, I, I don't know I kind of those, mixed feelings about it I think it was one of those movies that uh, you know rather like these other movies that kind of given permission you know it was one of those movies where we can talk about whether you see people or not you know I think it was kind of that permission movie it's okay to talk about the fact that you see dead people they're just energy entities that you're seeing there um, and I think it opened up a conversation well, I, I certainly, you know, I certainly like the, the giving oneself permission idea. That that was well handled. Um, but I, I just didn't feel that the execution of the rest of the story really, it didn't grab me the way it did a lot of other people. What about signs? <laughs> what about signs? Oh, I love signs. I, I absolutely love signs. Um, <clears throat> I've always talked about that as being one of the most misunderstood movies of, of the century. Um and in many ways, I think a lot of people are going to come away from Arrival having the same kind of experience that, that a lot of people did coming away from Signs. That if you just look at the film on a superficial level, you'll probably be disappointed. 
But if you look at it from the idea that the, the storyline that you're being introduced to is just a pretext to take you to something deeper, mm-hmm. you'll get a lot more out of the movie. And that's one of the things I liked about Signs. It's one of the things I like about Arrival. Um, it pushes you past the limits of, of just what you see on the surface. And I think that's so important these days because when you want to understand why things unfold the way they do, you really have to look beneath the surface more. And a lot of people have, have, have unfortunately, I think, gotten to the point where they haven't been willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and the more that we do that, I think the better we'll have a, we'll have a better handle on our world, we'll have a better handle on ourselves, and consequently, I think we'll have a better handle on our future. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, you know, um, you know, we, we are limited, limited creatures only by our own design. Um, you know, there is no limit to us on what we can do and what, on what and who we are and what we're designed, you know, to do here. And uh, if we only look at things superficially, um, you know, we're not uh, going to get the message. We're not going to get the sign. It's, it's one of the things I teach in, in my courses about how to recognize the signs of life. And they're never going to come like a neon flashing sign. They're going to come in ways that you've got to pay attention. And really, that's about life altogether, isn't it? We've got to pay attention to what's going oh, absolutely. on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in particular, I think what's important about that is when we realize that that's, that that's the case, we unstuck ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we can allow ourselves to evolve. We can allow ourselves to move forward in new ways that uh, we hadn't previously considered. And there's a whole bunch of movies that, that do that really well. I mean, some of the current ones... Um, that have come out this year dealing with that are films like uh, Queen of Cothway, the, the story about the girl who became the chess champion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sally Field's most recent movie about a, a spinster who sort of gets a second chance at life, Hello, My Name is Doris. Um, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie that came out earlier this year called Demolition, about a man who reconstructs his life after it falls apart by demolishing it even further yeah. <laughs> to find his way to a, to a new life. Um, and even a couple of documentaries that came out, uh, one called Gleason, which is about the story of uh, the former football player Steve Gleason, who came, was diagnosed with ALS and decided that it was not going to stop him from living a life that you know was fulfilling and helpful to a lot of other people. Um, and also the documentary Life Animated about the story of a young autistic boy who was sort of written off as being, um, you know, not capable of being helped, who sort of was brought back to life just by watching Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've interviewed a a young autistic girl who's written a book and she is now an animator. And it's just that it's a different world that uh, that she resonates on. And if we feed what the, we know, what lights up their life that's the gift that they were given and if we nurture that that's what the best comes out in them instead of trying to make everybody fit in you know talking about fitting in a show that you've got here that i loved and i think it was one of his best was the truman show oh yes <laughs> and oh i absolutely love that movie i thought the, the concept of it you know everything about it i mean you know in a lot of ways kind of a metaphorical illusion of how we live life and, uh, you know, that he didn't even know that he wasn't living his real life. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of um, his best, you know, um, there was another one, The Eternal Sunshine. Um, oh, yes, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, and I think that was another excellent one of him because he's one of those people, Jim Carrey, who really, 
yeah, he can go and do the silly slapstick and all of that. But when he when he shows that depth of him, he takes us deeper than most people can. And again, he usually does it through a lighthearted vein, yeah. which to me, again, is I, I think really does a lot to help uh, emphasize the importance of the message and leaves an, e- an even greater impact than maybe a drama would do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a little bit like Doctor Strange there. I mean, I laughed so much through it, but at the same time got the message. And uh, I think because they had the humor in there, you know, as you said, like the cloak and things like that, you know, it's, um, it, it's, I think the message stayed with you more than becoming too heavy where people then switch off. Yes, I agree. Definitely. Well, I mean, a lot of the movies that I feature in my books and, and that I'm going to be including in my uh, the, the book I'm currently working on, they are comedies. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that the, the impact often is, is palpable. Um, you know, movies like, um, like Burn After Reading from the Coen Brothers, which came out a few years ago, a very strong lesson in personal responsibility. Um, or the classic Ruthless People which was also another movie very heavily directed in the area of personal responsibility. Um, they really drive home their point, and they do, it a way, they do it in a way that really makes you just laugh your head off. <laughs> well, you know, like the best exotic Marigold Hotel, uh, you know, a light-hearted movie, but when you really look at it, you know, I'm, I'm part of the, you know, the um, baby boomer generation, and there's still so many of us out there, and there's so many people in their 60s and, and even 70s that have redefined themselves. And it used to be, you know, 55, life stopped living, you retired, blah, you know, and now we're seeing so many people kind of due to circumstances or just due to choice, getting up and seeking, I- you know, more in life, um, taking new directions. And it was a wonderful movie to show that you're never too old to change or to embrace something new. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think, really speaking to the idea that where they say 60 is the new 40, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, as, as a 60-year-old, I'll take that. <laughs> Most certainly. <laughs> and as somebody who's going to be turning 60 next month, I'll take it too. <laughs> Bravo. Welcome to the 60 Club. <laughs> and, of course, you know, we've got the other movies, you know, things like JFK, um, Hotel Rwanda. I mean, these are the kind of movies you see you don't ever need to see them again. They had their impact. You know, they showed life, you know, as it, it was, or even as it is still going on. Syria, uh, Serena, not Serena, um, Syri- is it Syria? Oh, yeah. Syriana. Yeah, um, <coughs> the one with uh, George Clooney. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, all of these movies, they, you know, they show the dark side, and we can't run away from that. We know that it's there. We know humanity is being the worst of humanity, but we also know that humanity is capable of being of the best. And I think it's what we feed, isn't it? If we choose to bring out the best in someone and uh, looking at we need both light and darkness, it's not, not about stepping into the light um, and leaving the dark behind. It's finding that balance. Uh, you know, Avatar, I think, is a movie that did that very, very well. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean all these movies have to do with, with the concept of facing your fears and living heroically. And I think that's important because um, a lot of times we tend to get in our own way in terms of being able to accomplish what we're capable of. And these movies show us that push your envelopes a little bit. Don't be afraid to face those fears. Don't be afraid to step forward. 
uh, two movies in particular that came out recently that do that exceptionally well are Snowden and Sully. Mm-hmm. Um, both just wonderful films. Um, but there's, you know, plenty of others. I mean, going all the way back to classics like Casablanca from yeah. 1942, uh, An Unmarried Woman from 1978, Vertigo from 1958, um, and all through the years, you know, other pictures, uh, Spotlight, um, The Insider, The Burning Season, The Constant Gardener, The King's Speech. Yes, that's um, These are all done. movies about, yeah, all people who are willing to step forward under circumstances that they don't think they can face, and yet they do so, and they overcome them. And, I mean, you know, look at the movie Gattaca. You know, we, we are, yes. we're in danger of becoming that world. It's what we fight against all the time. Um, oh, gosh, going back again, I think, to the 70s or early 80s, um, totally and utterly bizarre, the name is right there. Um, a completely and utterly bizarre movie, but along the same side of Gattaca, but darker and more dark humor um but it's all about conform you need a piece of paper yes. to get the piece of paper to get the job done you know um and it was mm-hmm. a brilliant movie and i can't think of it right now if sam was on he would know um and uh, you know it was one of those um, movies that um you laughed at but at the same time came out going god i hope that never happens where gatta was gattaca was more serious on it um and it's, you know, we have to be careful of not giving up our power, don't we? Because if we do, oh, absolutely. that's how the powers gain control over us. Yeah, the, the notion of managing our personal power is another theme that comes up very often in films. And uh, there were a couple of pictures that I saw at, at this year's um, Chicago Film Festival that did that really well. One was a, a production from... Um, the Czech Republic and Slovakia called The Teacher, which uh, told the story of um, uh, a grade school teacher in Czechoslovakia in uh, the early 80s before the fall of the Iron Curtain, who was sort of a, a minor Communist Party member, as well as being a grade school teacher, and she how she used um, her authority to get things that she wanted by encouraging her students parents to do favors for her and if they didn't you know their kids wouldn't get very good grades mm. <laughs> and <laughs> it was one of these things that was where it was done so um clandestinely initially but when the parents began speaking to one another they began to say hey wait a second you know this isn't right this isn't this isn't fair we're being disempowered by this we need to take it back um and now that we all know what's going on maybe we should address this right and that's the thing, is when you see something wrong, you've got to stand up against it. There's two movies you have here, uh, totally and utterly different, Eddie the Eagle and Lucy. I kind of put Lucy kind of in the same bracket as Dr. Strange. Yeah, I loved Lucy. I mm-hmm. mean, it was a, a movie that um, that was not really all that well received, but I thought it was fantastic yeah. in terms of helping people understand, again, who they can become, what they can evolve to be. Um, and showing that there's a lot more going on inside of us than any of us is really aware if we only allow ourselves to tap into it. Right. And then Eddie the Eagle is just a very simple, beautiful story, very well done, you know, of, you know, the the ski jumper, British ski jumper, who just believed he could, and he just got out and did. You know, he fell flat on his ass, doesn't matter, he got back up and did again. And that's, you know, such a, a wonderful lesson to us all you're going to fall flat on your ass 
even flat on your face. And it's a question of how do you get back up? Well, and, and he knew, knew that in one way or another from the time of childhood that he was destined to be an Olympian in one way or another and was not afraid to keep pursuing it no matter what it took, no matter how good or bad he performed in the games. He just wanted to compete. And he kept pursuing and pursuing and pursuing and allowed himself to not only fulfill the dream, but become a folk hero in the process. Right. Which I think is, you know, in in that case, the impact of that is is more important than any medals you might win. Right, exactly. He inspired so many people, not just in England, but around the globe. I mean, he became the story of the 1988 Calgary Winter Olympics. And kind of, you know, who remembers who won the gold, (laughs) but we remember who won the hearts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have you seen the movie Hero? Uh, no, I, I I did see a movie called Hero that that Dustin Hoffman was in a number of years ago. No, this was, is this is a, it's an um, animated movie and it's a child who loses his parents, but he's a genius. He can, you know, he's scientific the way he creates things, and his project is taken from him and used for evil, and he creates this almost like marshmallow type man as his hero. Um, and uh, it's, again, one of those things of overcoming loss, discovering your abilities, not giving up, and done in such a beautiful way. Um, I have a 10-year-old coming on in, in, in a, a week or so, um, uh, Muscan, who has written a book, you know, Gratitude, um, 365 Days of Gratitude with an Attitude. And she saw in the world, you know, at the age of six, you know, that people just weren't being grateful for what they had and decided to do something every day to embrace, you know, gratitude for what we have. And I'm seeing right now our youth stepping up into that consciousness and that awareness and reading the signs a hell of a lot better than we are. I think that's important. Yeah. I, it's something that I think that, that, that they really need um, to be able to cope with a world that's changing <clears throat> as profoundly and as quickly as it's happening um, and kind of getting past the idea of uh, a sense of entitlement mm. and moving into, a, in, moving into a state of gratitude and appreciation because I think they will end up creating a much better world for themselves by doing that than buying into, you know, <clears throat> what's the latest thing on social media or what's the latest thing going on with the Kardashians yeah. or how can I get this for myself, you know, and yeah. so on and so forth. I mean, if you remember <laughs> the movie The Goonies, which has stood the test of time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all love to watch The Goonies no matter how old we are. You know, again, a bunch of kids coming together. They're trying to save their town. It's funny. It's witty. It's crazy. But it, again, that message all about we have to do it together. And I think this is uh, what kids are gathering. You know, it's like, you know, get over yourself. Let's just go and do it um, and find a way. And I think that uh, we've allowed so much crap to get in our way that we're not paying attention to the signs. We're not really realizing we're so much more than just this matter, these bodies. And that um, I'm that if we step into that, that consciousness where we're doing it not just for ourselves but for humanity, you know, we're going to make those things come, that law of attraction, that manifestation. Oh, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's particularly important in, in the wake of the results of the U.S. presidential election. Yes. 
you know, when I see some of the responses that some of the people have had to it, it's like, okay, you might not be happy with the result that you got, but at some point, stop whining. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. move forward. Well, uh, even even Michael Moore, who has, um, you know, been sort of the, the one of the standards of, of liberal thought and so forth, has basically said about some of the protesters, go home. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't accomplishing anything. Start right. planning what you want to do for your future. Take control of it. Take take ownership of it. And you know, don't spend your evenings, you know, <laughs> Being whining and at the local <laughs> at yeah. the local cry-in. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not going to accomplish anything. Well, you know, I I wrote a a blog after that. It's like, yes, uh, you know, we're all disappointed. And that disappointment can weigh heavy on you. You know, have your grieving moment. But this is a time where we need to come together in our good, high vibrations and stand together and show him how to treat us, show him how to rule us, not by coming down to his level, by rising him up to ours, to see what we see, that united in love, kindness and peace and uh, community, we stand together. And if you want to rule us, that is the way to rule us. So I think what we or, have to do is show the way. Yeah, or, or to you know, keep yourself from wallowing in self-pity because that's not going to accomplish anything. Yeah, who gains from that? You know, now yeah, you get exactly. caught I mean, up in the spiral of bitterness and everything else and hate, and you become everything you hated. Yeah, I mean, you end up essentially giving your power away yeah. by doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's really unfortunate. And you, you have um, <clears throat> situations that arise in movies like um, uh, The Lobster, which came out earlier this year, very bizarre movie about people who've uh, who are left to deal with the circumstances where they're essentially forced into relationships, regardless of whether they want to be one or not. Because don't you know that's what everybody wants to be happy? Mm. And if you don't accomplish that, you end up getting turned into an animal. Ah, <laughs> that's hence the, the title yeah, of the lobster, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have not a, seen that. It's one. a very, it's a very bizarre movie, but it's a very poignant um, social commentary about conformity, um, about being willing to be an individual, about maintaining your personal power, not giving it away, um, because if you don't, you end up with consequences that you really don't want to deal with. Right, kind of reminds me of um, Anne Rand's book, The Anthem. You know, where it's the future and, and no, everybody is chosen for what they need to do. You know, street mm -hmm. worker, having babies, this, that. And then it's just a couple of those people that break free. Um, and But, you know, it's I'm always talking about humanoids instead of, you know, humans, um, human beings. A human being is one that, you know, lives in with their consciousness, their spiritualness, their divineness. And, you know, humanoids are those that abstain from any of their ownership or responsibility and just become droids in life, the walking dead. And uh, we really don't really have an excuse today, do we? Because as, as much as we get bombardment of, you know, the sheeple following the path, um, we've also got so much more that will also help us come out of ourselves, out of our lethargy, um, and uh, you help us find ourselves because there's so much more out there today in books, um, in movies, on even on TV and uh, with help that we really don't have an excuse. No, we really don't. Uh, not anymore. I mean, uh, um, if you really, you know, buy into the belief that um, 
the internet has made access to all kinds of information possible you have no excuse for being able to, to for not pursuing it and making use of it right um and I, unfortunately i think a lot of people um tend to kind of look upon as uh something that they sort of collect mm-hmm. you know they collect little factoids or they collect little uh pictures that they like or whatever um or they collect links to things that they might find interesting. But what do you actually do with it once you've got it? Right. Exactly. And I think as you know. if you are an avid moviegoer or an avid reader, eventually all those little things you collect will you know, come together in a nice group where you go, aha, that's what they've been teaching me all this time. Um, but it's, you know, kind of, if we don't like what's going on in the world, we've got to step up and change it. And it's not through rioting. It's not through protest. It's through living. And, and living that conscious life that is not only purposeful to yourself, but also serves the world. And also being able, <coughs> excuse me, to, to draw from the power of story yeah. to inspire you exactly. to do these things and to live your life the way that you want to live it. And, and that's really where, that's where my love of the movies has come from, because um, I, I mean, as much as I enjoy reading, I really do like the movies because you get the story and you get it delivered to you with stunning visuals, sound, uh, action, whatever other quality you want. <clears throat> and I just, I just think that that makes the, the impact that much stronger. I agree. Yep, I completely agree. So, you know, we, we really don't have an excuse to say what's going on. Um, there's an awful lot of information out there. There's a, you know, m- stop looking at movies as just mindless entertainment and start looking at the message in them. Even the most slapstick of movies, there is a message. But Doctor Strange, I think at the present moment, the message that it delivers, when I, you know, that scene uh, when she pushed him out of his body, you know, and d- described what was happening to him, and I thought, yes! You know, I was so happy yes. to see that. <laughs> and because it's a superhero movie and the way that they presented it, um, I really hope it's going to be one of those moments for people to wake up and see. Um, and that's really what we want from the movies, isn't it? You want to go home with an oh. aha moment. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing that I, I really encourage people who are, are very big movie fans to do sometime is to go to a film festival. And the reason because is it gives you an opportunity to absolutely immerse yourself in the art. Um, I went to the Chicago Film Festival here back last month and ended up seeing uh, 12 movies in 10 days. And it's just astounding seeing so many different viewpoints and so mm-hmm. many different ideas, so many different things that um, you might not otherwise have exposure to. And it... it leaves you walking away feeling so fulfilled from having this immersion in this art form and all the things that it's capable of delivering to the audience in terms of inspiration, ideas, enlightenment. Um, So if if anyone out there is really interested in uh, getting that kind of an effect, I strongly encourage them to investigate if there is a festival in their area or nearby and going to it sometime. Because I think they'll really walk away from with a lot. When you do that, you come away with an ingredient from this and, and, and a spice from that, and you put it together, and you find that common denominator, don't you? You know, that message yes. that's in each, each of those movies suddenly comes together in an in a explanation point, and it's like, aha, I understand. 
You know, I may have had to see five or six movies, but now I actually stand the common thread that's running from all of those movies. And uh, I can attach to that. Um, so whether you see that or whether you just kind of binge watch movies at home, it's kind of pay attention to the message because there is always a message that's there. And it's how does it relate to you? Because it's a tool for you, isn't it? It's giving oh, you some wisdom. So. so start using those tools. No, don't. Oh, yes, that well, was a great movie, and forget about it. What did it teach you? Exactly. Well, I mean, one one film in particular I can, that I can think of that I saw at this year's festival was an Italian movie called Like Crazy, which essentially is a cross between One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Thelma and Louise. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you can, if you can imagine that particular combination. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it comes, you, you know, you have these two... Um, these two mental patients who end up escaping their confines and going on a road trip through Tuscany doing all kinds of wild and crazy things, but there's an intention and a purpose behind everything that they're doing. And you end up finding, as you get to the end of the film, it puts you in a question of asking yourself, who really is the crazy one here? Right. You know, when you look at the actions that they carry out, um, you might say that, Hey, they're not—they're <laughs> not the ones in need of help. Maybe I'm the one who needs help. Right. Maybe and I need to follow their another, lead. Follow. There was Sorry? another movie li- uh, like that, but I'm, I'm terrible with names. Um, but it's young people. This guy um, keeps trying to commit suicide, and uh, he's put in this kind of mental institution. And there's a guy—he's with a germaphobe. And then, no, he doesn't try to commit suicide. The girl tries to commit suicide. Him, I think it might be drugs. The other guy is a germaphobe. Um, but anyway, they go end up going on the road and on the run. And what they discover about themselves, and instead of being focused on what, what their issue is, they discover there's so much more about themselves that's beyond that issue. Beautiful movie. I wish to God I could remember the name of it, but it was really, really good. Well, I really like road trip movies from that yeah. particular standpoint because they, they, they show, they, they effectively depict... Um, our personal evolution over yes. the course of time. And uh, a number of movies that I wrote about in uh, my first book really do that well, like The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. 2001 A Space Odyssey, yeah. Lost Horizon, uh, the offbeat comedy Flirting with Disaster, and even um, the uh, third movie from the original Indiana Jones series, um, the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. Um, you, you have a really... Uh, wonderful movies that show how people um, evolve by going through their own personal journey as depicted through a literal journey in the stories of the films that are you know, being presented. The journey of self-discovery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For self-discovery radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to have to close this up because I could talk to you forever. And you're coming back in the new year where we're going to be talking about the Oscar movies. And I'm looking forward yes. to that. Uh, we don't know what they're going to be yet. Have you got any predictions of what you think will be up there? Well, um, there's a lot of buzz surrounding the movie Arrival. Right. Um, there is a lot of buzz surrounding the movie Loving. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the one movie that keeps coming up the most, it has not opened yet, is a film called Manchester by the Sea. I've seen the trailer for it, but I haven't seen the picture. But it's the one that seems to be getting the most attention at the moment. So we'll see how that plays out. I think that's opening in a few weeks. So Wonderful. 
Well, we will um, definitely um, catch up on all of that when uh, when you come back to us in um, late January or February. You're coming back just before the Oscars. Uh, February. Yeah. February. Excellent. And then we will discuss the Oscar movies and the Golden Globe movies and all of those and uh, what your predictions are on that. Uh, always enjoy having you on the air. There's always love discussing movies. Um, so how do people get hold of you, love? Um, probably the best way to reach me at the moment is through the pages dedicated to my books on Facebook. Um, there, there's one for each title. One is called Get the Picture. The other one is called Consciously Created Cinema. Uh, I've got comparable pages also on Google Plus and Pinterest. Um, I do have a website. It's brentmarchant.com. It's a little bit out of date right now, that I, but I do promise to update it in the near future. So keep, uh, keep an eye on my, my Facebook pages to learn the details about that. And you can find my books um, in print or ebook formats from all the major online sellers, um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, iTunes. Uh, and I'm currently working on a new book called Third Reel, Conscious Creation Goes Back to the Movies, which I'm scheduling to release in the second half of 2017. Great. We'll have you back for that one as well. Um, oh, good. For his books and all of his sites, of course, it's right here on the posting under uh, PVR, uh, Real Meaning Behind the Movies. And so you can catch uh, BrentMarchant.com uh, and all, all of his shows that he's done with me is right here and his books that you can buy directly from Amazon. And just to remind you about Sam Hawksmore, he has a magazine called Hack Writers. Uh, .com, Hack Writers Magazine, so it's hackwriters.com, or you can catch him at samhawksmore.com and see all his books. Again, I have all of his books and his shows right here on the posting, and uh, you can go directly, one stop, all of their links are right here. Brent, so much for, thank you so much for being with us again. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. And so, folks, go and see the movies. It's not just a wonderful escape. Um, look to the education you're going to get from it. Look to the tools that they're going to give you, the inspiration. And don't just kind of see it and walk away. See it and feel it and feel, how, what can you learn from this and how can you um, bring it into your own life? And especially with Doctor Strange, there's a lot to be learned from there and quite a number of other movies out there. So enjoy the movies, enjoy the popcorn, and we'll catch you back here later.